Hey guys, hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Cardi, and today we're going to be starting my Who Are They series, where I'm going to go team by team, position by position, and give you just a little overview of the roster and my thoughts and my questions heading into this upcoming season. So, let's kick things off right away with the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to be going division by division. That means we're starting with the NFC East and the Dallas Cowboys. So, little bug, sorry. Starting off with their quarterback position. Um, you got Dak Prescott as the starter. Cooper Rush, Will Greer, and Ben DiNucci will be fighting for quarterback spot two and three. Um, with Dak Prescott, will he cement himself as like this tier two quarterback? Um, seems like in back-to-back years, he flirted with being like this top five tier two quarterback before getting injured and last year when he did come back from that injury he wasn't really able to establish himself there and kind of fell into this tier three top 10-ish sort of quarterback so which Dak do we see do we see the early season Dak or the late season Dak and who will win the number two battle between these um other three and will they end up keeping three quarterbacks on their roster look forward to that for running backs they have Ezekiel Elliott Tony Pollard Rico Dodal, probably Dowdle, um, Jaquan Hardy, Ryan Nall, and Nick Ralston. Um, when it comes to the running backs, does Zeke continue to hold Pollard back and establish himself as a top 10 back again, or even top 5 as he was early in his first year or two? Um, does Paul, Tony Pollard, does he get more snaps? Can he make Zeke a backup? Like right now, probably two-thirds Zeke, one-third Pollard. Does Pollard keep pushing and taking away from Ezekiel Elliott's snaps and end up making Elliott look like even more of an overpaid by putting him at, at true running back, too? Um, also look forward to how much is Tony Pollard going to get paid after this season? This is his final year under contract with Dallas. Does he re-sign with Dallas? Does he sign somewhere else? Um, how well does he have to play to make Dallas cut Ezekiel Elliott instead and re-sign Tony Pollard for a cheaper contract? Um, and if Zeke or Tony Pollard get injured, are any of these backups able to step up and be the number two back there, like Rico Dowdle, Jaquan Hardy, or do they need to sign a veteran to come in and in case that happens? And then will they use any of their fullbacks, which are Ryan Nall and Nick Ralston, or... Are they just going to be cut them or barely ever use them? So for the wide receivers, they have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, or Torbert, um, Noah Brown, Femi Sihoko, T.J. Vasher, Brandon Smith, Dennis Houston, Ty Frogel, and Dontrario Drummond. Alright, and if you guys couldn't tell this early into the offseason, there's a lot of names, a lot of guys won't be making these roster, but I want to at least show everyone who is on this roster and then talk about the guys I do know. So a lot of these names, especially the everyone after Noah Brown, they're going to be fighting for that sixth wide receiver spot. I do believe that these will be the top five wide receivers unless they sign another one. Um, yeah, and then so we'll... C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup be able to establish themselves as like at this elite one-two punch even without Amari Cooper because um, C.D. Lamb looks like he can be but he's always had the help of not being the main focal point of the offense for the defense to like key in on and then is Michael Gallup able to be the number two that he was drafted to be and eventually he was moved down to number three when they drafted C.D.
And does Gallup look good this season at all? Because he is going to be coming back off of a ACL injury. Can he be a number two or was he just like, is he just this ideal number three, just go up and get him sort of receiver? Um, who's going to play the slot role in 11 personnel? Uh, last year, CeeDee Lamb played about 42% and um, James Washington in Pittsburgh played about 40%. So how do they break that up? Do they just kind of have a rotation there? Or are they going to make one of these guys a designated slot receiver? And will Jalen Torbert um, push for or even take the number three receiver um, job from James Washington? Right now, it probably will be Washington just because he's the veteran and has more experience under his belt. And Torbert is coming from um, the University of South, Al- South Alabama. So that jump from there to the NFL is going to be a big one. So how long does it take him to be able to um, step up to the competition and be a number three wide receiver, or is he just going to stay as a number four for the whole year? And then does anyone else on this depth chart make any noise? Um, as I said, I expect Noah Brown to be the one to make the roster. He has the most experience out of these guys. But will any of these guys make the roster? And if they do, are they going to be anything other than gunners or a punt returner or something like that? Like, Will they actually be able to make noise for this roster? All right, for the tight ends, they got Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Sean McKeon. Uh, how does Dalton Schultz play this year? He's playing on the franchise tag, so does he have another good season? Last year, he broke out for 808, 800 yards, 8 touchdown. Does he capitalize off that and get the bag either from Dallas or another team? And how does fourth-round pick Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, does he play good enough to be like, hey... Um, we don't really have to pay Dalton Schultz because we have this Jake Ferguson guy sitting in the wings. Um, and then does Jeremy Sprinkle or Sean McKeon, do they do anything significant other than just being like a little tight end three? Um, are they able to be tight end twos? I know Jeremy Sprinkle had all this hype, I think former third round pick for Washington. And does he show that he has a skill set to be a number two so that next year they can roll with Ferguson and Sprinkle? So look, look up for that. Then along the offensive line, their starters project out to be Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, um, Tyler Biedez, three very similar names, at least first names, which is funny, uh, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele, with backups at tackles being Josh Ball, Levante Collins, and Mike Waltzvecchio, I'm hoping that's how you say it, <laughs> uh, Connor McGovern, and Mark Farniok as backup guards, and then Braylon Jones, Alec Lindstrom, and Jamers MP being the backup centers so does any who on this offensive line steps up there's a bunch of young guys with tyler smith tyler biadez and terrence Steele. tyler smith obviously being the first round pick from this last um this draft that happened just a couple weeks ago then biadez and Steele entering year three for them how do they look does anyone surprise as being better than just this um average Biedes and Steele have been kind of like average to below average so far, and then Tyler Smith obviously coming in as a rookie. We'll have to see how his baseline level of play is, and do they grow at all throughout the season? Um, yeah, does Tyler Biedes take the year three jump? Does Terrence Steele um, look good enough to keep him out of tackle, or is it going to be smarter to move Tyler Smith to tackle and Connor McGovern to step up at guard? Um, Zach Martin, does he continue to be a rock? Does he get injured at all this season? And also Tyron Smith, he's 
dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career, especially recently, and he's not getting any younger. If he goes down, what do they do? They, do they throw in um, Josh Ball, Avante Collins, or Matt Wozvecchio? Or do they put Tyler Smith out at tackle and McGovern up to guard? All right. And then for their Dallas's interior defensive line, they have Carlos Watkins, Neville Gallimore, Osa Izigadu, Osa Odigazua, um, Tristan Hill, Quinton Bohana, John Ridgeway, Austin Faoliu, and Josiah Bronson. Um, pretty much my when I look at this group, it's a bunch of young guys drafted in mid to late round. And are any of them going to be able to step up? Like They're all either unproven at this point or just flat out not good, like haven't been what's been expected of them um are they gonna roll in without signing a veteran like i feel like this is a group that could use someone like akeem hicks linval joseph sheldon richardson and dominican sue they're all available still uh, sign one of them bolster this interior defensive line because yeah as i said right now it's a bunch of year two three four guys who were like oh yeah like this is my second third round pick down the line they're going to develop and so far they haven't are they betting on that they will or are they just like nah like this is best we're going to be able to do all right for edge defenders um demarcus lawrence and dante fowler are going to be most likely the base down starters um i didn't include michael parsons here but he will obviously be playing edge i'll talk about him more in the linebacker section though also got Terrell Basham, uh, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, Chauncey Golston, Big Cat Bryant, and Mike Tafua. Um, so, some of my questions for the this group is: Will Demarcus Lawrence bounce back from injury and be back into the Defensive Player of the Year conversation? Like last year, he was out a lot and didn't quite look the same. But for the past like four years, he's been consistently okay. Like maybe he's a Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he's. I mean, obviously, he's never been really, like, a finalist for it, but he's gotten his name in the conversation at some point throughout the past couple of seasons, so does he get back to that form? Um, how does Dante Fowler look now that he's reunited with Dan Quinn? Obviously, the first go-around um, in Atlanta didn't go too hot. Is he going to have a bounce back here, or is he going to continue to be a first-round bust, frankly? Um, and then, will Sam Williams prove to be worth the second-round pick Dallas just spent on him year one or is he going to take some time to develop if he ever does um right now he's a lot of he's a very um athletic projection with a good upside but not a lot of people thought he was going to be going in the second round so does dallas prove him wrong like right away or is this going to be something down the line that they're planning on and then do backups like Terrell um, basham or dorrance armstrong play well enough to allow micah parsons to be more of a um, linebacker than an edge and allowed Dallas to use that flexibility that Parsons offers like instead of being like oh our edge defenders suck so we have to put Parsons out there can Dallas be like oh let's use Parsons as a weapon to take advantage and put him on the edge now because we want to not because we have to and when Michael Parsons does play along the edge um, does he get a lot of snaps there again this year? And if so, can he repeat off of what was just a historic rookie season rushing the passer? All right, so for the linebackers, um, Micah Parsons, we were just talking about. I'll talk more about him as a linebacker now. 
um, and Leighton Van Der Esch are going to be the two main ones. You also got Jabril Cox, Devontae Vaughn, uh, Luke Gifford, Devin Harper, Damone Clark, and Story Jackson. So how does Michael Parsons look in year two? Does he continue out to be this like elite linebacker and pass rusher, or does he return to being like specialized as either like one or the other? Does he does he play a lot more linebacker than edge, or a lot more edge than linebacker this year? Um, do offensive figure out how to take advantage of him, like how to neutralize him, and force him to just be one thing or the other? Um, does Leighton Vander Esch return to form and contract year? He had an amazing rookie season and then struggled with injuries and poor performance since then. So how does he look now, like, going into year five? He's going to, right now it doesn't look like he's going to be worth a monster contract that he was at the beginning of his career. But who knows, maybe he's able to bounce back the motivation of money and being like, hey, like, this is my job on the line right now. That does wonders for some people. Let's see if it does for him. Um, and Jabril Cox, how does he look in year two after we being viewed as like the steal of last year's draft um, a lot of people thought he was going to go in first second round i think he ended up let me double check actually third round i want to say not actually he ended up going in the fourth round when a lot of people were like oh first second round hype on him um so does he prove to be does he prove the media right or does he prove the league right for being a fourth round pick um and then these um career special team types Devonte bond and luke gifford do they just continue to be special teams guys or do they take take step forwards play more um actual meaningful linebacker snaps allow parsons as i said to be a bit more flexible um and then they have three rookies in this group that's harper clark and jackson how do they look if they do play and especially with clark does he um does he even see the field because he had a herniated disc surgery that caused him to slip all the way to the fifth round when he was probably a second, third round talent. And is this course good enough, as I said, to allow Dan Quinn to use Parsons' flexibility or will they need to rely on him? Because right now it kind of looks a bit thin and if Cox is able to take a step up and be a solid linebacker too, then yeah, they can use um, Micah in all, the, all these creative ways. But if not, they're going to have to be like, okay, like you have to be our linebacker because we don't really have anyone else. So for cornerbacks, um, the starters are on the outside are going to be Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown. Uh, Jordan Lewis will probably play the slot, and then Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, C.J. Goodwin, Deron Bland, and Kyron Brown fill out the roster as of now. Um, how does Trayvon Diggs look? Last year he had a historic season where he finished with 11 interceptions, but he also gave up over 1,000 yards. Um, does he become more conservative this year and give up less yards, but also a bit less um interceptions or does dallas believe that it's worth it for him to gamble and take those risks because those extra possessions can swing the game in a crazy way and also just turnover luck in general is kind of tends to fluctuate year on year out so does he understand that and play in a more conservative way or does he gamble and be like no i can still like he has tr like truly elite ball skills and does he gamble on himself and keep doing that um well second year pick second year second round pick kelvin joseph take anthony brown's job uh brown kind of disappointed a bit last year he was like nothing special he was good enough but definitely uh want to see more out of your cornerback too so does kelvin joseph push him and take his job or will brown elevate his game and continue to hold him back um and then yeah will jo jordan Le lewis still be the primary slot option or do any of these guys kick out to have 
Diggs, Brown, and Joseph all on the field at the same time. Um, Jordan Lewis had like a strong start to his career, a bit down, and then it's kind of has been on the backup these past couple seasons, getting a bit better and better. And then after that, is the depth of this roster like ready to step up in case of injuries or in order to like players get some oxygen or run four cornerback sets? Um, seems like a very thin group right now, and that would be like a major concern if one of these top guys were to fall off. So for safeties, they have Malik Hooker and Jerron Kirst. Um, and then as backups, Israel Mukuamu, uh, Donovan Wilson, Wane Thompson, Thomas, and Tyler Coyle, or Cole probably. Sorry, I don't know about how to pronounce a lot of these guys' last names. Um, so is this the year where where um, Malik Hooker finally lives up to his potential? He was a former first round pick out of Ohio State, top fifteen pick. Um, was seen as this elite, rangy, center fielding type of safety, really good in the cover three system, which is where he is now in Dallas. Um, but does he does he realize that potential under year two under Dan Quinn, or is he going to struggle again and be like, okay, like? He just doesn't have it because right now there's still maybe maybe you can unlock that potential, but so far we haven't seen it. Um, how does Jayon Curse look in his second year as a full-time starter? Does he build off of his career year six as he goes into year seven or as a bit of an older guy? Obviously not like super old, but has was that his peak right there and he's just going to stay at it and eventually steadily decline? And then similar to what I said about their cornerbacks, um, there's just not a lot of depth here. So if one of those guys gets injured or if they want to three, run three safety sets, like who's going to be the guy to step up? Um, yeah. And then for their special teams, um, right now their battle for kicker is between Chris Nager and Jonathan Gary Bay. Um, I don't know who's going to win that. Like both young guys, uh, Nager is in year two while Gary Bay is... A rookie so see who wins it between those two and then brian anger is a long time punter in the nfl one of the better ones in the league jake McQuady, he's a long snapper yeah i i'm not gonna give long snapper analysis but yeah gonna be an interesting special teams group with a really young kicker but then also a super veteran um punter so at the end of each little like roster breakdown the, these videos are going to be pretty quick this maybe like only 20 minutes or so. Um, but I'm going to give kind of like my pessimistic and then optimistic outlook on the season. I, obviously, I plan on something in between what I'm about to say to happen. And at the end of all the 32 of these videos, that's when I'll give my win totals and do an overall season preview and then a, a playoff preview too. Um, I'll also talk about the biggest strengths and weaknesses that I see of this roster right now. And yeah, so the pessimistic outlook of the season, I think their floor as a team obviously is like an 8-9 win team. They're just too talented to go too much below that. Um, but some things that can go wrong for Dallas include like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he continues to struggle, and Tony Pollard isn't able to be the number one running back. Um, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, they're better as number two number three wide receivers they're unable to step up and be the dynamic one-two punch that people are hoping that they can be 
Um, Dallas's offensive line has been regressing since like 2016, where they're like, oh my gosh, they're the best offensive line in the league, and it continues to just get worse and worse. They deal with injuries. Um, the guys who were really good are just getting older and more hurt, and the guys who they're plugging in are just inexperienced and need a lot of development. Um, Dak Prescott, because of this, is unable to like elevate all those around him and continues to be like, okay, like maybe he's like a top 12 conversation quarterback, but no one really takes him seriously as this top 5 tier 2 type of guy anymore. Um, on defense, the depth at edge and linebacker forced Parsons to be used as like a band-aid to cover weaknesses instead of like a strength to take advantage of. Um, their interior defensive line continues to struggle. They don't really show much development against the run in the past, and they just get gashed there. And the secondary is unable to produce the same amount of turnovers as they did last year, but they continue to give up the big yardage, and their depth is just a problem. Um, Mike McCarthy continues to look like the wrong hire for head coach, and Kellen Moore can't elevate um, the, this offense. And Dan Quinn regresses and starts to look back like, how he did with the Falcons instead of, instead of last year with the Cowboys. Um, yeah, so I don't think, obviously, all those things are going to happen, but if the season does go off the rails, those are kind of why I could see it happening. And then same with this optimistic viewpoint. These are things that I could see happening. I don't think all of them will, but some of them will, some of them won't. And if all of them do happen, I can see them getting up to like a 12-win team. Obviously, like any team can go more than this, but I don't really... Like, if all this optimistic stuff does come true, they're going to be, like, undefeated because, obviously, I'm saying everything good does go good. But uh, because I don't think that happens, I don't think they win more than 12 games. Um, so my optimistic view is a 12-5 and five season. Um, and some of the things that could go right is Ezekiel Elliott does look back in form, has, like, this top five running back, and Tony Pollard is just the perfect spell back for him. Um, C.D. Lamb establishes himself as one of the top receivers in the league and a true number one. And Michael Gallup is like, okay, yeah, this guy's a serious number two, kind of like Chris Godwin and um, Michael Thomas. Uh, the young players on the offensive line are all either good or great. Like uh, Biedaz and um, Terrence Steele are at least like average. And Tyler Smith looks like one of the steals of the draft. And everyone else remains healthy. Zach Martin and Tyron Smith remain healthy and play as good as they always do. Uh, with all this, Dak is able to continue like his hot start that he always has and establish, establish himself as a bona fide top five quarterback. Dallas's edge group and linebackers are good enough, solid, and allow... Dan Quinn to use Michael Parsons freely and take advantage of his unique skill set and continue to look like the second coming of LT. And the secondary remains healthy and they have a solid balance of turnovers and yards allowed. Mike McCarthy is a CEO type head coach that rallies a troop and Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn continue to impress as coordinators and look like top head coach candidates. Um, so I do my little pessimistic and optimistic win total projection before looking up the over-under for the teams. And it just so happened that the over-under is set like right in the middle of it. And I think that's like really dead on 10.5 wins. If I was betting, I wouldn't bet that because I think they're going to finish just around that like 10-11 win mark. Um, 
And their biggest strength right now, I view as their offensive skill positions, their wide receivers, running backs. Um, they could have one of the best one-two group, uh, one-two punches at wide receiver. And they got some young talent there that could develop as and be number threes. Um, two solid tight ends, as long as Dolce, of course, or Ferguson, sorry, hits. And then two solid running backs. Um, and then their biggest weakness is their secondary. As I said, definitely not a lot of depth. And even their starters, like, is Trayvon Diggs really good? Or did he just get lucky with some interceptions? We're going to see that question get answered this year. And then Anthony Brown or Kelvin Joseph, like, are they going to be a solid number two? Or is that just going to be a glaring weakness? And then their secondary, uh, Malik Kirker and Jerron Curse, they're both, like, good, not great, like, average. And is her, are, like, are either of them able to step up and be a bit better? So, yeah, that's pretty much what this series is going to be. I'm just going to go through the roster position by position like that, um, say the names, and say what I am looking forward to watching and finding out as the season goes on. Um, obviously, I'm not, like, this NFL expert. I'm not going to go down and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's, like, the eighth best quarterback in the league and i'm gonna die on that hill and he is gonna produce like this this is what i'm predicting no i'm gonna instead be like yeah i want to see how is Dak prescott gonna play is he gonna be able to establish himself as a top five quarterback because he's shown that or is he gonna be like oh no like he is in this ryan Tannehill, Derek carr kirk cousins sort of tier um if you're on youtube leave a like comment subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a review. Those all help me out a lot. You can reach out to me at FPF underscore podcast at Twitter or forward progress football podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow my personal Twitter at Zach Party or my Instagram at Zach Party. And I will see you guys all in the next episode where I break down the New York Giants. Thank you.